This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Milwaukee Basketball Hour presented by Hupie and Abraham and featuring Steve Novak. Now, here's Steve Novak and the big unit, Bill Michaels. Good evening and welcome. We are live. We are at Rare Steakhouse, Milwaukee, and we are here during the Eastern Conference Finals for the Milwaukee Basketball Hour presented by Hupi and Abraham. I am Bill Michaels alongside good buddy and Fox Sports Wisconsin analyst Steve Novak is here tonight. How you been? I've been, I've been good. How yeah, are you good? Turn me up a little bit. Okay, there you go. I've been good. I've been good. You know, a little up and down. You up 2-0. You feel like the bucks are rolling. It's going to be easy. And then a couple of days later, it's 2-2, two to two and everybody's a little bit nervous. I'm always wondering when uh, we start to book the show. I shouldn't say we because you pretty much do it. But uh, you, I, I call you and I say, hey, hey, Steve, who do we got? Uh-huh. You know, and you're thinking, okay, we've, we've had Pat Connaughton. We've had George Hill. We've had uh, Pau Gasol. You know, we've had Miritich. We've had all these different players. We have Brogdon. We had uh, our, our good buddy uh, Bledsoe, you know, and we're oh, going yeah. through the whole list, and I'm thinking, okay, there's only a few guys left. Uh-huh. And then I get the call, and I yeah, said – And you're thinking uh, it's going to be an international I'm, star, I'm one thinking, of the greatest players in the league. That's exactly right. And, Jeremy Lin. And your buddy honest. shows up Jeremy Lin's here. So. Let's just be real clear about my man Jeremy Lin, who happens to be, and he knows this because I tell him every time I see him, my favorite teammate ever. You know how a lot of people did the D-Wade jersey swap, and they're all like, D-Wade, can I have your jersey? You're my favorite. I wear number three because of you. Jeremy Lin, he can, he can vouch for me on this. I ask nobody for a jersey. You know, when you're in the NBA and you're around all these guys, you become like, oh, it's not a big deal, whatever. When we had a lunch, brunch at the Fister the other day, what did I ask you for? <laughs> he not only did, did you ask me for a jersey, you asked me for a, a, a game-worn jersey. A game-worn jersey. <laughs> I was like, well, so I'm in other words, my, I'm going to have to ask my mom because she, she has all those said. right now. Financially, so we'll things are hard in the Novak house is what it is. He's going to auction some stuff off is yeah. what it is. No, he said, that's what he said. Let me ask my mom. i got to see if she's got them. But it's true. There's, there's a, a few guys, I think, that every guy who plays in the league, they have their favorite teammates, guys that had a real impact on them and they enjoyed playing with. Jeremy was that for me. So, yes, there are some other international NBA stars that even play for the Bucks. But this is the guy that when he comes to town, I'm like, we're either going to do brunch. And if I happen to have a radio show, you're going to come on my radio show. What a, <laughs> yeah. what a, what a good friend. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, let me ask you this. How was he to play with? Oh, uh, definitely the feeling is uh, reciprocated. I, I actually don't bring uh, that many of my former teammates or friends over to Asia. It's kind of a very um, – very exclusive group, and he was one of the guys that I brought. We did a camp. I uh, brought his dad over as well, and uh, Steve's just one of those guys that um, it was you know <laughs> hit a lot of shots for me. So I'm nice and non. <laughs> yeah, baby. Um, he's just awesome, a uh, great guy, and and uh, and you know we've kept in touch. Me, him, and Landry um, yeah. have kept in touch, and so um, I was like, man, this is a no brainer. I'll be here. My man, let me yeah. tell you something. When when Jeremy invited my dad and I. 
to to China and to Taiwan, and he, he might be a little embarrassed this, but we would we would try to go out at night, and he he's such a big star over there. He would have to wear disguises. Jeremy would dress up. He'd have the low hat with the shades, have a little mustache on, have like a <laughs> have a hoodie on. You know, he'd have like I don't know some pink pants or something that made him not look like him or something. And within five minutes, swarms of people. It was like he looked nothing like Jeremy Lin, and everybody knew. We'd yeah. be in the streets. Now, when was this? How many years ago was this? Um, this is probably one or two years removed from, from New York. So, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah so it, was, it, was a while, it was a while ago. Maybe five years ago? Four, four or five now, years ago? Now, is it still yeah. the same way when you go home? Um, now? Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's... It's just yes. different over there. He's being yeah. humble. Are you kidding me? He's got like 15 million followers on Twitter. He can't go anywhere. I I just I think it's also different. Like I like here in the U.S. It's easier, um, but over there, like I'm so much taller than everybody else, so I do stand out more. Like yeah, um, that's just a part of it too. I, I don't. But being here in Milwaukee, it's it's great. Like I can walk down the street and no one knows who I am. <laughs> Except for a couple people who got my yeah. jerseys on. Yeah. I appreciate it. How about it. that, huh? Got a couple of New York Knicks jerseys back there, yeah. My high school jersey. That's so crazy. it was the same way. when when I remember when the Bucks drafted Easy on Leon, and the contingent that came over to follow him was just amazing. They were completely enthralled and infatuated in everything he did at the time. And that was when uh, Kohler became the sponsor because they were hoping to sell a lot of toilets over there. Right, <laughs> right. But, uh, but th- that was the, the fervor for that. For yeah. Now, is it just because you're coming to America to, to conquer a sport? Or, or what is the uh, infatuation for somebody coming to America to be a, a sports figure? Um, I think there's multiple elements. I think, one, I'm uh, the only Asian. Uh, so that, by nature, like is very different um you know you think about if the nba had only one you know white player only one black player or only one asian player like there is just a natural um spotlight that will that will be shown and i think there's other parts where like maybe there's a certain harvard element that appeals to uh especially to asian families and asian parents um, in terms of being a student athlete, and, and we know traditionally in China, a lot of the athletes aren't really students. A lot of students aren't really athletes, and so they've never seen this model. Um, and so, you know, you're challenging. And, and other things may be faith or whatever. I think a different part of my story may uh, resonate with a di- with different people, but um, I think there's a, a few different elements, even the underdog element or things like that, um, that are just making it exciting. And, and another thing is maybe just... A lot of the Chinese players that we've seen are typically uh, seven foot plus, um, <laughs> and they're—I mean, all of them pretty much are six nine to seven six, and they're all like big men for the most part, and they're just like taller than everybody else. And I'm—I I guess we haven't really seen an Asian guard in, in a while, um, so I think that that also appeals to maybe more of the people that feel like can relate to me because it's like, oh, I'm more his height or his size. Well, and I think you have to remember, too, how, Jeremy, how you really made your name in this league. In New York at Madison Square Garden, it's like Jeremy playing for the New York Knicks in his first five starts scores 136 points in his first five starts. NBA record. No one's ever done that. That's 27 points per game in his first five starts. A day away from being cut by the New York Knicks. 
This is true. Please tell me you looked that up and you didn't know that at the top of your head. I got I got a bunch of notes here. Hold the on. Guy I didn't so, even this know is that. like a Bible that so he walks with. I didn't with. even know. I was like, you better have looked that up. If you knew that at the top of your head, that'd be, I, that'd be creepy. I Google you every night to see if there's anything new about you. No, but it, it was, I mean, it was. It was, a, it was a powerful time. It's like the Knicks won seven straight games. Jeremy scored 136 points in in his first five games, the the TV rating surged seventy percent. It was for our games. I remember it. It was you were I mean, in the lead on Sports Center every night. It was I mean, eight it was, straight days of the New York Post. Jeremy was on the cover, or or the back and or the back for eight straight days of the yeah, New York Post. It was uh, the beginning of Linsanity, which just kind of just completely took off. It was. Um, had you ever experienced anything like that? I mean, because you went from. Like Steve said, you went from being a guy who was going to fall away into anonymity to all of a sudden being a guy that you skyrocketed. You were one of the biggest names, at it, not here, just here, but worldwide. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely wasn't expecting it. I never experienced anything like that. I think to put things in perspective, like I spent six weeks, six weeks sleeping on my brother's couch because New York real estate is New York real estate. And the cut deadline, you know, when you, when you join a team, you get 30 days in a hotel. And after those 30 days are up, like you're on your own. But I had six weeks until I knew whether the team was going to keep me or not. And I was like, I don't know how to find housing for six weeks in Manhattan. I don't know how it's going to work. So I was like, all right, I'm just sleeping on my brother's couch. Literally walk down the street. I'll go to McDonald's or Papaya Dog. I didn't know that much about nutrition back then. (laughs) (laughs) I was just eating, eating just terrible food. And literally the, the, the lunch that I had before that first breakout game, I ate papaya dog. I think I had like corn dogs and French fries and different things. Like I just didn't know anything about anything. I was walking down the street. Literally no one knew I even played for the Knicks. I was trying to get into the arena. The, the, the security wasn't letting me in. I had to try to convince them that I was a player. I was like, I don't know how to try to convince you. I can look it up on Google or whatever. I swear I played for the team. Can I go into the arena? Um, and then all of a sudden it was just like, the complete opposite and i couldn't go anywhere and um so definitely wasn't expecting that never experienced anything like that but um i mean to be able to go through that with steve is one of the things that's like you know that's the thing about sports and really everything i guess you create lifelong friendships and you create these memories that you're like man i'll never forget what that was like and and every once in a while we go back down memory lane and and we kind of think about oh you remember when that happened you remember when that happened and and it's a lot of fun so did the security guard who wouldn't let you in did he apologize all (laughs) profusely after you dropped 30 that night uh no this was before like this was like before i had broken out right and i was just sitting on the bench right but after you broke out did you ever walk past him and just wink at him and go hey (laughs) i am now yeah exactly he uh he made a joke about it and i was like it's cool man Um, (laughs) i mean i still get it now to be honest like, I'll go into different – like, actually, after game two, after game two in Milwaukee, I was trying to get to the team bus, and one of the dudes in the Milwaukee arena just screams at me, and he's like, where do you think you're going? And I'm like, uh, I'm trying to get to the team bus. And he's like, what? Where's your pass? I was like, I don't have a pass. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a pass. I mean, this happens in a lot of arenas, and so kind of just go with the flow. Yeah. So he went those are, the Listen, bus. those are – well, that's what Uber's for. If you don't get on the team bus, you know, I mean, <laughs> exactly. it is what it is. Uh, we are broadcasting live down here at Rare Steakhouse, Milwaukee. Jeremy Lin is our guest. I do want to talk some about the team that he currently plays for. Uh, are you a, a Drake fan by any chance? 
Look, it got every, real quiet everybody's here. talking about Drake right now, aren't they? I did my homework. I, I read what was going on online today, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say gonna no defer. comment. I'm yeah, gonna say okay. No comment. I'm not That's that Harvard question. Education paying off is what yeah, that is no. right there. We're gonna talk about that when we come back. We are brought to you by our friends at Hupie and Abraham. This is the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. It's the Milwaukee Basketball Hour, and it's, uh, well, co-hosted by Steve Novak. I'm Bill Michaels. We're at Rare Steakhouse, Milwaukee. We are glad to have you. We are presented by Hoopy and Abraham. And all playoff long, by the way, Rare has a great deal. $25 for the bottleneck steak, which is fantastic. We're going to be able to try that tonight, I guess, uh, because we had a little bit of that, I think, last time we were here. Right, Steve? Uh, you know what? Bill, I've lost track of uh, what we've been tasting because I feel like they brought everything on the menu out, and it's uh, and then they make stuff up and yeah. give it to you, and it's you don't even know what it is, but it's so, just good. It's fantastic. So right. they've got the twenty-five dollar bottleneck steak, which is an incredible value, by the way. Uh, come into the rare bar, uh, catch a playoff game, enjoy the fantastic steak, their famous bottleneck for just twenty-five bucks. So come on by and say hi. Also, Jeremy Lynn of the Toronto Raptors is here with us. So I, I got to ask you now this series of basketball. Going back home, down two games to nothing, just getting drilled by the Bucks. You guys didn't seem to blink. It, 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 you, you came out strong. You made a couple of adjustments. Uh, talk about the mentality going into that, that game three in Toronto. Uh, I think everyone's just uh, – and that's the thing I'm really impressed by this team is just uh, when our backs are against the wall, guys always seem to step up, and I think that's um, – I mean, that's really cool to see. And, and so the mood wasn't, honestly, wasn't one of like super panic or anything. It was more just like, hey, look, they did their job. They held home court. And really, this, you know, it's just like the saying goes, and a series never starts until, you know, you win an away game, basically. And so um, we knew that it was our job to hold home court and just do our best and, and to, you know, make it a tough series. And, and we weren't thinking like, oh, we have to win two in a row or whatever. It was just, hey, let's just stay in the moment, one possession at a time. And game three was, I mean, a double overtime, nail biter, yeah. like could have gone either way. Honestly, one shot, one call, either way, here or there, like it could be all the difference. And, I mean, that's what playoff basketball kind of comes down to is there's so many close games, so many valuable possessions. And, and one thing that you do here or there could literally change the entire series. And, and, you know, I even think back to game one. It's like we're up seven going into the fourth quarter. But, again, you know, you guys come out, put tremendous defensive pressure. We have a really low scoring quarter. And, again, it's just things can change so fast. And, uh, and, and that's what makes it fun. And are you guys, you know, obviously you guys are kind of riding that roller coaster right now. It's like game seven against Philly at home. Kawhi hits that crazy shot. Then you lose two games in a row to Milwaukee. Now you win two. Is there kind of in that up and down, the game winner here, you lose two, you win two. Is there, have there been any major adjustments that you guys have made? Or is it kind of like you're saying, guys, step up, guys, refocus, guys, play better? Yeah, I mean, and I think, I mean, you're definitely going to understand this aspect of when in professional basketball or really just professional sports, I really believe like X's and O's can account for only so much of the game but a lot of it comes down to your mentality your mindset your energy level like 
if you come out and you're in, I mean, really in the playoffs, because teams are so close in talent level and things like that, a lot of it comes down to who's playing harder, who's playing, you know, who's playing harder, who's playing smarter, who can sustain that effort for longer. And then you have maybe, you know, 25%, in my opinion, that comes down to the X and O's. You could have the perfect X and O's, but if you don't have that effort, like, you're not going to win a game. And that's just true across the board unless your opponent is much weaker. And so for us, I think the focus has just been, hey, let's make sure that every time we step on the floor, like our effort is there, our energy is there, and, and we're disciplined in everything we do and we just make it tough. And I think, you know, what we're going to see tomorrow is going to be two teams who are going to be at max energy and, and focus. And it's kind of one of those things where it's very similar for us to the Philly series. Where it's just like it's a three-game series now and, you know, may the best team win. When you talk about the focus and the energy, the one thing that I've noticed, and I've talked about this, is it just seems like you're quicker to the spots. Uh, I don't know if that's just physically gifted because maybe you're just a quicker basketball team or that goes to the energy and effort aspect of this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but it just seemed like the passing of the basketball, the working of shots, you had a lot more wide-open shots as a team, and when the Bucks got it, it seemed like there was always somebody right there willing to step up or ready to step up that was going to get a hand in their face. There was a lot more contested shots. That, now, don't get me wrong. The Bucks missed some wide-open shots, but it seemed like there's been more contested shots via the defense that the Raptors are playing than what the Bucks are playing. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's one thing. I mean, we're seeing two really good defensive teams, and, and I think that, uh, you know, being at home, helps being at home being you know being in your bed having your family be, having the same routine that helps i think having the fans behind us helps and um but i do agree that in game four you know game two and game four was kind of like the same thing but just flipped right i think in game two i was looking at you guys like okay these guys are like monsters they're like moving at different speeds than <laughs> we are like what is going on and then yesterday was kind of the reverse and so um, I think that's just how it goes in sports. And some days you feel great and some days you have it. And some days that, you know, the team has this just chemistry and this vibe about you where everyone, everything's clicking. And so um, I do agree yesterday was just one of those nights where, you know, we ha and we had huge contributions from the bench. And, and again, a lot of it was just getting stops, getting out and, and, and playing in transition and, and kind of just being in that attack position. And is there is there any concern like you're saying when you're at home? It's like the entire group seems to be involved. When Milwaukee was at home, they had six guys scoring in double figures. When you guys were on the on the when you guys were in Toronto at home, you guys had six guys scoring in double figures for your your team last game. As far as Kawhi Leonard goes, is there concern at this point? Yes, you guys won in Toronto, but knowing on the road, you're going to need your go-to alpha Kawhi, and he seems to be banged up. You guys had a great group effort last game. Is there any concern kind of with his status and he's kind of holding his knee a little bit and he didn't seem to be attacking the same? As, is there a concern that he's not who he was a couple games ago? Um, honestly, uh, and I'm not even trying to be like politically correct, I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where like it's kind of like if you suit up, you know, you kind of have an expectation of, hey, you're suited up, that means you're going to give it all you have. And – Kawhi is not somebody to make excuses. Um, I think, like, if you watch the tape in Game 3 and Game 4, yeah, I think there's definitely some visible discomfort. That's not, you know, you know that that's very apparent to everybody. But I think what we're seeing is he's 
at a at, at a capacity where he's able to go and still be extremely effective. And honestly, you've played in a ton of NBA seasons. Like this late into the season, no one feels good. Like no one feels good. Everything hurts on everybody, and it's just a matter of getting it done. And so, um, Kawhi hasn't made any excuses, and I don't expect. You know, no no one's thinking that he's not playing or anything, uh, to my knowledge. But um, again, he's a warrior, and uh, and 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 uh, you know, we're gonna like you said, we're gonna need him to step up and step up big tomorrow, and and really every game going forward. Second best record in the NBA. Um, did you guys feel with everybody picking Milwaukee to win this series, almost going away, uh, and still many are. But when they started to compare it, and we even we did it, we said, look, uh, the bench, I just don't think the bench depth that the Bucks have, uh, I, I don't know if you guys can compare to what they have, the waves that we'd seen all season long that they would throw at you. And it was whether it was Connington or Hill or somebody just always came up big. It seems like you guys have done the same thing in this series with guys like Gasol comes out and has a big one. We didn't expect that. All of a sudden you've got Van Vliet who has a big one. I mean, it seems like you guys have now had that bench wave that is starting to score and starting to help you guys out was there a feeling of disrespect there um or do you not pay attention to it honestly i i don't read anything during the playoffs um i don't even i didn't even know people were picking milwaukee um i don't read anything like social media nothing like i post if i need a post but but beyond that uh there's nothing really like that i'm registering and i think a lot of the players are the same way so we're probably oblivious to most of it, but I think at the end of the day, it's not so much a feeling of being disrespected as it is more, you know, Norman and Fred and these guys who are extremely good players, very capable. I think everyone just felt like, hey, we know we can do more. We know we're capable of more, and, and it's time to do that. And I think that's probably the biggest, as, as an athlete, it's like, man, I want to make sure I, I'm reaching my potential. I'm doing everything I can. And, and I think that the bench is really taking it you know, upon themselves to be like, look, we are going to come in and we're going to really impact this game. And last night, you know, Surge coming in with whatever, I think it was like 17 and 13 in, in a short stint was just, uh, you know, guys guys really made a, a big difference. And actually, I think now, you know, a lot of it will come down to, I think, whoever whoever's bench plays better is probably going to win that game. And how important is, uh, really specifically relating to that, because I feel like the home team's bench has been the one that's really stepped up. How important is home court in the NBA, in the playoffs, and in this series? Oh, man. I was one of those guys where when I was younger and I first came into the league, I was like, I really don't get why home court is that big of a deal. Like, it's like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. It's like the same regulation, basketball, whatever. It's all the same. You just have a few people yelling at you, but we're used to that. <laughs> um, now I'm kind of like, man, it really makes a difference because just, again, the routine, sleeping in your bed, you have certain things. You have your food. Now you don't have to take team buses. You don't have a lot of times. Like you can get to the gym. You can go to your practice facility whenever you want. You want shots up the night before. Like everything is just. There's so much about it that makes you feel comfortable. And there's just so, something about sports where when you're comfortable, you just play better. You perform better. Um, and I think it's a huge. I think it's a huge uh, thing. And that's why right now we're in a really interesting position because, you know, I was talking to Danny Green yesterday about it. It's like. Who really has the advantage right now? Because we have the momentum because we've won two in a row, but then you guys have home court. And so I'm kind of like, <laughs> it's a toss-up. Like, would I rather have the home court or the momentum? Like, I don't know, but um, it's going to be a heck of a six days or five days coming forward. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for and great for the game of basketball, great for you guys in the city as well. 
um, and, and, and also for the city of Toronto. How do you like playing at Fiserv Forum, and how is that atmosphere as opposed to, say, other venues that you guys have played in this season? Um, the temperature, I feel like, could go up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Especially during a shoot-around, I'm like, yo, is there like a – what's going on here? Where's the heat? Um, trying but, to keep you uncomfortable. See, <laughs> yeah, like you exactly. were saying, they're not the road team. They got it at 30 degrees for you guys and yeah. <laughs> 75 for the Bucks, probably. But uh, the fans are amazing. I mean, you guys did a, do a great job of just making the environment really hectic. Um, and, like, Steve knows, like, playoff atmosphere, there's nothing really like that. Like, even in the regular season, you'll still have some super hyped-up matches, but – like there's a clear difference between the intensity level of a you know a Milwaukee game in the regular season and in the playoffs like there is in every single arena and uh man the playoffs there it's been a lot of fun just you know I love watching just how vocal and crazy everybody gets we got dudes behind our bench like yelling I all stand up and they're like sit down you're like Dang, you're talking to, you're talking to me oh, like, <laughs> my bad I was just Standing up, room for my teammates. Uh, so see, see, sounds a little bit like Drake. Drake's <laughs> on the sidelines, standing up. He's talking trash to Giannis. He's over there with Nick Nurse, the head coach for Toronto. Who gives more sh- advice to Nick Nurse, you <laughs> yeah. or, or, or Drake? <laughs> does, yeah, is it know, true man. that Drake, he does the subs now? He's subbing the guys in on the bench? Yeah, yeah, yeah so uh, Drake's actually the the associate head coach. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, uh, you know, he gets into it, man. He gets into it. Uh, he, he's a diehard supporter, and, and I'll just leave it at that because uh, I'm trying to make it out here. Make it, <laughs> you know, make it you, here you know that there is there is a ban, I'm pretty sure, on all the local radio stations. No one's playing Drake while the playoffs against Toronto is going on. They've been like, we're done. Yeah. No, no Drake. A citywide ban. Yeah, yeah, they're like, look, we all like Drake, just not right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's no Drake music. Well, I don't think people like him after last well, night, to be honest with you. I think that'd be that hilarious if he showed up to the game tomorrow. But that Now, see, Spike crazy. Lee did that when we went from New York to Indiana. Spike uh-huh. Lee went to Indiana and showed his face after giving Indiana yep. all that grief. So if, he's, be, if Drake's going to carry his water, he's, he's got to show up at the Pfizer Forum. <laughs> so you different. may not recognize him sitting up in the uh, you know upper deck. That's but, right. No, yeah. no, they probably don't have any good tickets for him. That's exactly right. He's got to be exactly up in the- right. This portion of the program brought to you by Hupie and Abraham, the injury report. Uh, all you got to do is call Hupie and Abraham. Uh, they voted best, rated best year after year. DJ Wilson, he was on it. He's got that ankle issue. Also, Pal Gasol out. He's got an ankle issue as well. We're going to talk with DJ Wilson coming up here momentarily. Jeremy, thanks so much for coming by. We certainly appreciate it, okay? Thank you, guys. Best of luck, and we hope you don't break an ankle. I appreciate it. For you personally. Beyond that, then whatever happens, happens. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Lin joining us for a couple of minutes. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We've got more coming up right after this. Milwaukee Basketball Hour broadcasting live down here at Rare Steakhouse, Milwaukee on Michigan, downtown Milwaukee. And uh, I tell you what, they have brought us the uh, the pork sliders, the rare sliders, the Wagyu beef, the shrimp cocktail. I, I think they have more coming out. Um, we got about 12 pounds we're going to put on during the program. But this is fantastic. And uh, reminding you that all throughout the playoffs, they're doing the uh, $25 bottleneck steak as well. So you want to stop by the, uh, the bar down here, the rare bar. Oh, my goodness. Great food. Steve Novak alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. We are brought to you by Hupie and Abraham. Voted best, rated best year after year. Call Hupie and Abraham if you are injured. Also, don't forget about our friends at Baker Tilly. Network Health, Green Bay Legends, Cruise, Independence, First Stride and Glide, and our friends 
at Cousins Sub as well. And if you want to find us on uh, social media, go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's basically MKEB Ball Hour. MKEB Ball Hour. You can find us there as well. Joining us here at the table, DJ Wilson of the Milwaukee Bucks is now here. And wanted to say, uh, first of all, you glad you're home? Yeah, real glad. Um, <laughs> we got a big one tomorrow that we got to get. So, yeah, it's uh, what, what it did when you when you go in today and you work out a little bit and you look at film or did you guys look at film or you just toss one like that away or no 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 at this stage I, I feel like you got to watch film so okay. we had film for a while today um, got some shots up worked out regular routine yeah so what do you uh, what you see when you saw when you watch the film. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they always say the film doesn't lie. How far away are you? Is it just minor things that you guys need to do? No, I think uh, it, maybe hit some shots. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just kind of some things that just out of the ordinary. Yeah, making shots would definitely help. Um, I think a couple guys are kind of just cold, so I don't think that should last um, too long. Hopefully it doesn't. And then just minor adjustments that we have to make, uh, especially on the defensive end, that I feel like you know we'll make and will be a big difference tomorrow. Now, what's Bud's like big picture message to you guys? Is he kind of saying like, "Hey, we got to lock in. We need to be more focused," or is he almost like, "Fellas, we we know who we are. We just yeah. got to come out and be more focused." Is it you know? Is it almost like he he's trying to get you guys pushing you guys, or he's telling you we know who we are? Yeah, nah, he knows who we are. Um, I mean, I feel like if you need to be pushed at this stage, then there's a problem. Uh, we have great guys in the locker room that compete. Um, so, I, you know, I think we're just – we prepared today and we're ready for tomorrow. The first thing I thought of, I saw they, they do the cutaway inside your locker room after the game after game three, mm-hmm. uh, right after the game ends, and then they say, let's go in and, you know, see what Coach Bud had to say to the team. First thing I thought of was you, Steve, and I thought Popovich. Because he walked in and he said, that was a hell of a game, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we didn't play well, and we yeah. went to double overtime. We, we – we got this. Don't worry about it. You know, instead of coming in going, oh, my yeah. God, we missed this. We did that. We traveled. We turned the ball over. You didn't value the possession. Mm-hmm. He was just like, you got this. Don't worry about it. Go home. Get some rest. Right. Especially when guys like Giannis, Chris, Bled, they didn't play their best game. Yeah. And we went to double overtime with them. I mean, um, I mean, I think it's only up from here. So. And it does show you just, I think, how fragile the playoffs can be. Because like, like you're saying, game three, right? Everybody goes, oh, the Bucks didn't play their best. I mean, they missed 11 free throws. They turned the ball over 20 times. Giannis has 12 points. And you realize, uh, hold on, we're talking about a double overtime game on the road that Milwaukee pushed Toronto to that, to that level. So I, I think we are, you are a hair away from a couple free throws made and saying it's a 3-1 series. Mm-hmm. Now it's not, and that right. is the difference. It's 2-2. Two to two. And so, you know, I think after those first two games, there was this feeling like, I think Milwaukee's going to go on the road and they're going to find a way to get one. But if you really think back to kind of the way this entire season went, yes, Milwaukee's been dominant, 60 wins, but – Toronto, even though Bucks won three out of four games against them this season, this is the number one and the number two team in the Eastern Conference, and this is what you would have expected. Look, the Bucks swept Detroit. They beat Boston twice in Boston and beat them in only five games. This, I really feel like now it's the playoffs. It, right. Obviously, throughout the games, you can kind of almost tell there's a different intensity, but the Bucks have found ways to win the games even when they're tough. And now we have a real series, and it's taken to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think that really speaks to – who the Bucks have been this year? They've been that good. I, I want to ask you, DJ. Um, I thought coming out of that game, like you had mentioned, hey, guys didn't play their best. You went to double overtime. Then the fact that you had only lost back-to-back games one time all season. Mm-hmm. You had not lost a game coming off of a loss when you had a day of rest. So was there a sense of, and I, I don't want to ask it in the sense of you guys just thought you were going to win, but was there a little bit of, hey, we got this. We're going to win this game because this hasn't happened to us all year. Do, do you fall into that mental trap of, well, we're just supposed to win because this is what we do? Nah, I don't really think too many guys really realize that stat. 
And then plus, like I keep saying, at this stage, you can't really take anything for granted. They're a great team. Um, they're here for a reason, just like we are. So uh, we got to come out with our best shot each and every night, and just like they do. So. Now, what, what, is it, what does it do for you, kind of to piggyback on what Bill's asking, knowing that Giannis, we had put a stat up in the pregame uh, last game, that when Giannis, and there's, it's happened 10 times this year, where Giannis scored 16 points or less in the regular season or the postseason. The following game after he's had one of those games where he scored 16 or less, he averages 32 points a game, 12 rebounds. You guys have been a team that's responded, not losing two games in a row except once. Giannis is a guy who, when he plays poorly, four of the games when Giannis had 16 or less, he had 44, 43, 43, and 41. So he's been a guy who's responded, felt like he did play much better last game Mm -hmm. than he did a game ago. What does that do for the entire group knowing that Giannis, your go-to guy, your star, if he has a down game, if he misses shots, like Bill's saying, you almost look at the guy and you go, I don't, I don't want to take it for granted, right. but he has responded every single time. Yesterday's game, 25 points, was the lowest scoring game that he had after, call it a poor game, 16 points or less. What does that do for the group, knowing that your star responds that way? I mean, we feed off of his, off of, uh, his energy and you know what he brings to the table day in and day out. Um, and nobody wants to win more than he does. So when we see him out there playing the way he does and playing hard on uh, you know each side of the ball, we can only just feed off that. Take us inside uh, as best you can. And, Steve, you've been there, so I'm going to kind of defer to you on the second portion of this question. But you mentioned guys are struggling. Bled has struggled. Only 2 of 18 from beyond the arc in this series right now. you got a guy like Middleton who turned it around and brings 30 last night. And, and you know Miritich is struggling a little bit. Some guys just aren't hitting their shots. What goes on now? For a guy like yourself, when you're working out with these guys, is there anything different guys do or when you're saying to guys, hey, don't worry about it, you got this, or what goes on? Or is there nothing said at all? No, I don't really think too much is said. I mean, they've got us to this point. So um, I I tell Bled, keep shooting. I mean, you've been shooting all year. Um, You've had great numbers. You have a great game. So I think he's just in a slump. But, I mean, hopefully he can come out tomorrow. Um, and, you know, showcase what you can do. Now, Steve, you've been there. You go into a slump. You just you just don't have that feel. Yeah. What do you do as a shooter, as a guy that's done? Because Bledsoe's not necessarily the outside guy consistently. He's a guy that really kind of generates via penetration, either kick or penetration and getting to the free throw line. So what do you tell a guy like that? Or what have you done in the past yourself when you've said, hey, I'm off? I, you know, I think you have to have ultimate belief in what you do and what you need to do. I think, like you say, for me specifically, that was, I was a shooter. My, my ultimate belief was if in eighth grade I made 300 shots a day, and then in ninth grade I made 300 shots a day, and then on and on and on, and then you practiced and you lifted and you worked, and then the day of the game you went out there and you shot your 100 shots and you worked on your corner shots and you worked on the plays where you knew you were going to get the ball. If you put all that work in, you have to go out give your best effort, and sometimes you make your shots, sometimes you don't, but – these guys in the league are paid millions of dollars to do their jobs, which in that case, Bledsoe, to get into the paint, to guard like crazy, to compete, to control the things he can control. And there are going to be things that go wrong or that don't, he's not equally successful every game, but you have to have the ultimate belief. And I think the ultimate belief, it comes from thinking about the work that you put in, and then the confidence comes from the fact that, well, I put the work in and I've been successful. Okay, now I had a down game or a down series. I cannot let my confidence waver because I think that's when you get into a rut. That's when you struggle. Just like DJ saying, Coach Bud's message has been all year long. We remember when Brooke Lopez missed 12 threes in one game. 
keep shooting the ball. If the Bucks stop shooting the ball, if anybody stops being who they've been all season, the Bucks won't be who they've been all season. They won't continue to be the best team in the NBA. And I think continuing to knock down shots is huge because if the Bucks stop for any reason doing that, Giannis can't be who he is. And it just snowballs on and on. So I do. I think the belief part of it is huge. The team has been the number one defensive team all season long. At this point in time, when you're struggling offensively, do you then say, well, we got to lock down the defense? Or do you say, we just got to keep firing, we just got to be who we are, like you had said? Because the, the natural inclination, at least for fans, is, well, yank this guy out, he's cold, so we got to play better defense. And I'm sitting there saying, wait a minute, you got to keep up with a team that shoots right. lights out right now. Right. You got to keep firing. Is that more the mentality inside that locker room right now? Yeah, I think so. And, uh, just, you know, we're talking about Bled. Uh, he's kind of, you know, shot the ball poorly. But he's so much more than just an offensive threat. Uh, he's one of the best defenders in the league. I mean, he's first uh, team all defense that came out today. So he brings so much more to the table than just shooting the ball that I don't really think that people take or, uh, I don't know, cherish. DJ Wilson alongside Steve Novak here. I'm Bill Michaels. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, Our final segment of the Milwaukee Basketball Hour coming up. We are broadcasting live down here at Rare Steakhouse, Milwaukee. Tremendous place. Highly recommend you come down here and check out some games, get some really good bottleneck steaks, 25 bucks, and then uh, be back here again next week when we're talking about uh, hopefully advancing into the postseason and going into the NBA Finals. We've got more right after this. It's the final segment of the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. I'm Bill Michaels uh, alongside Steve Novak, Fox Sports Wisconsin Bucks analyst, former Buck himself. Also, uh, don't forget, we've got our uh, good friend DJ Wilson of the Milwaukee Bucks here tonight as well. Uh, for those of you uh, listening at home, I want to remind you that uh, if you want to walk with former Green Bay safety Leroy Butler at Stride and Glide for Independence first on June 15th, for more information, visit strideandglide.org. That is strideandglide.org. And also the Green Bay Legends Cruise, they invite you to join them on their second annual legendary Tailgate at Sea Adventure, where you can cruise the Bahamas with your favorite Green Bay football legends. Visit GreenBayLegendsCruise.com today. That is GreenBayLegendsCruise.com. And use the promo code BLAKE10 just for listening to this program. You get 10% off. So uh, as you sat down with us today, DJ, you said a big one tomorrow night. So... We all know, I mean, who wins game five, most likely to go on to win the series, and there's statistics to back it up. But just for to, to stop momentum, keep home court advantage, uh, to kind of get the mojo back a little bit, this is huge in so many ways for this ball club, isn't it? No, yeah, it's everything. Like you said, <clears throat> uh, most of the time whoever wins games five really goes on uh, to the next series. So uh, we know we have a big one tomorrow, and I really think it comes down to, you know, bench production. I feel like the first two games our bench played better than theirs. And, that uh, led us to win in two games and then vice versa on there in uh, the last two. So I kind of really think it comes down to our bench, and I think we're ready. The benches have been huge. You know, I think, you know, home court obviously has so much to do with that. It's like you said, the Milwaukee Bucks, when you guys were at home in game two, six guys in double figures, and it was like literally the, the, the script flipped in Toronto. All of a sudden, Toronto Raptors got six guys scoring in double figures. So, are you guys, as a group, do you think there's just so many ups and downs? You win two, you lose two. Are you guys able to kind of step back and, at this point, realize there's this is now a three-game series mm-hmm. with two of the games at home? Or is it almost like you're just riding the wave? When you win, you feel great. When you lose, you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Or, or as a group, do you feel like there's the, the, the kind of the macro perspective that, look, this is now a three-game series that is mm-hmm. in your guys' favor with two home games? No, definitely. Um, I think – Right now, we're just taking it game by game. I feel like that's all you can do at this point. Um, 
every possession matters. Uh, and like I said, I feel like it just comes down to the bench um, and home court advantage. And, uh, you know, I think we're ready. So when you talk about all the, the, the different matchups, uh, is this – is this really uh, – because when we had Jeremy Lin on, he said, look, X's and O's are one thing, but it's, it comes down to the will to win. It comes down to guys with energy. It comes down to just kind of feeling good and feeling right. Um, but how much does changing things up mean, mm-hmm. whether it's putting somebody else on a particular player, whether it's you know maybe getting a guy out a little bit earlier that isn't shooting real well and putting somebody else in to just try something new. Uh, and everybody knows at this point in time, right, correct me if I'm wrong, that this is about winning. This is about not the egos or anything like that. If you have to sit, you got to sit. It's got to be the best for the team. How much does that matter, or is it just you just got to get your feel back? I feel like it's, it's both. Um, they both play a part. I feel like they made adjustments um, after the first two games, um, and we didn't really respond too well. Um, so I feel like it's our job to make those adjustments now, and uh, you know, hopefully that's in our fight, uh, in our favor. But like you said, um, I also I feel like the guys who play hard and make those winning plays um, that, that that can lead to victories as well. You think you think Kawhi's banged up? Uh, you're sitting close. I think we're all almost watching yeah. from a distance, and you see him. You kind of hold his knee a little bit, and you go, "I hope he was holding his knee. Is he yeah. a little banged up?" Yeah. You're sitting there close. Do you do you see a difference between? The first two games and then the next, the, the last two games in Toronto where he's supposedly hurt? He may be banged up, but I'm, I mean, right. you can't really tell. Um, he's been out there hooping. Um, they all have. So, um, they, I mean, if he is, so be it. But, uh, I, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell. The steal yeah. and the slam after yeah. paying so much attention to the knee the whole night. Yeah. You know, it, one of the things that Gasol said after the game, he said, look, in the biggest moments, big players do big things. Yeah. And they, you know, the pain goes to the back of the mind. I mean, you've played with pain. We've all played with pain. Mm-hmm. No, well, you're right. Well, that dunk he had, we went off a of two. And he right. goes in between two guys and dunks it, and then he kind of holds his knee. And I'm thinking, at my freshest, most energetic point in my life, I couldn't have done what he just did. And he wanted to act like, oh, my knee yeah. hurts. I'm like, right. your knee hurts. Right. Making plays like that. But, yeah, he, I mean, there are two guys in this series, Giannis and Kawhi, who – they have they have that level that they can get to you know so i think you're talking about guys that if they're hurt can do things that really there's a lot of stars in this league that can't do what Kawhi can do hurt right and you know i mean Giannis and and him are are absolutely in a class of their own and like dj said these guys are banged up i mean Giannis, yeah he's healthy if you want to call it that Kawhi seems a little bit banged up but I mean, these guys are – Kawhi played 52 minutes the other night in that double overtime game. Giannis is on the floor half the time. It's like no one's probably feeling great, but, you know, this is the last three games of the Eastern Conference Finals. You are going to see guys leave it out there. It is about to get – I think we talk about Kawhi and Giannis having the next level. I think this series, we're about to see it go to another level. What was it like, flight home, a little bit of time to sleep, and then getting back at it today? Is there an anxiety to kind of get back out there? You want to get this taste out of your mouth, or was this – we need a little bit of time to breathe. No, not at all. I um, feel like right after the game, once we left the locker room, got on the plane, guys were ready. Um, once we went over the game plan and uh, watched film today and got up shots, uh, the energy was kind of different than it was right after the game. Um, so I think, uh, like I keep saying, I think we're ready. And what, what was it that you feel got Chris Middleton going? Obviously the first two games – Really, the first three games he didn't know he was. I think he had 32 points total in those first three games. But then last game he comes out and has 30 points. Obviously, knowing that Toronto is putting three, four guys at times on Giannis, uh, how good was that to see Middleton get going and have a 30-point game? 
Nah, it's great. It's great to see. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Chris, he's a hell of a player. So uh, when he does have a couple bad games, back to back, you expect him to come out and have a game like he did. So uh, he responds well to, you know, having bad games just like Giannis does. Um, and I think Bled will too. We wish you nothing but luck tomorrow night. Appreciate Hopefully it. next week we're talking about uh, heading off to a championship round. Ah, you know? like fantastic. It. it would be absolutely awesome. Yes, so there you have it. Uh, that is the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. And uh, Steve Novak alongside DJ Wilson. Thanks to him for stopping by. I'm Bill Michaels. I want to remind you, the network health difference maker, George Hill this week. His consistency off the bench in the playoffs has been fantastic. We are brought to you by our friends at Hupie and Abraham. Call Hupie and Abraham. Voted best, rated best year after year after year. Thanks to everybody for coming out tonight. Have a good one and go Bucks. Talk Talk to you later. See This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.